Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to have some more worship at the end of our communion time this morning. If the kids can go back there, Pastor Catherine is waiting for you kids. You are dismissed for Kids Church. I encourage you to go. And try not to give her too hard of a time. Yeah, keep her on her toes. Thank you, worship team. What a, what a great time of worship this morning. It's good to see uh, all of you today. I know that every week we're seeing uh, some new faces. It's almost like we're, we're taking turns right now uh, until one of these days we don't have to be limited. And I think that day is sooner than later. And I'm looking forward to having the church all together. Uh, I know one thing that I'd like to do is uh, set this room up like a banquet room. And maybe in, in September, just have a, like, a, like a breakfast together and, and to worship together. And, and just to share a meal together. You guys, you like that idea? Yeah, amen. We'll just give you fruit and muffins or just a couple of grapes. Uh, if, you know, if we just do bunches of grapes, we could, honestly, we could feed you really easy. Or, or orange wedges. And, uh, you know, when you think about gifts... Uh, the Holy Spirit has given us gifts. We're continuing on our, in our fundamental series, and this morning is Spirit as Gift Giver. Now, the art of gift giving is complex. How many of you have gotten gifts? I know some of you have birthdays today. We won't bother, you know, embarrassing you, uh, although you're probably twins. Uh, you know, there's a couple of ladies whose birthdays are today. We we weren't going to say anything more about that. Um, but you know, there's an art to giving gifts. And, and, and as we think about gifts, it has to be a thoughtful gift. Have you ever gotten something that's like, ah, what am I going to do with this? Right? You, you unwrapped it, it looked promising, and then you opened it up, it's like, ugh. It, it hit that pile of re-gifting real quick. It's like, Thank you for this gift, but that's going in that pile. You know, I, I remember uh, my grandma, she, I love her, but she brought all of us one year for Christmas who were married, these jade elephant plant holders. We had nothing in our house that was jade in color. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Because she bought like, I don't know, a Costco pallet size of these things, and everybody got one. It's like, you get one, and you get... There was no guessing, but it was also, it was like, well... Sometimes we say, well, it's the thought that counts. You ever say that when you give a gift? Yeah. It's also the thought that it puts in my brain is, what am I going to do with this? But what makes a gift meaningful? What makes a gift meaningful anyways? Well, it must be considerate. Uh, it must fit them. You know, it must be something that you're going to use. Something that's like, well, I know you, so this is what would be a good gift. It also comes at the right time. If I give you a birthday gift three months after your birthday and I say, happy birthday, you're like, thanks. You know, you kind of missed it, but okay. You know, it, it comes at the right time. It was at the right time when they needed it. 
you know, and then it also, I think what gift, makes a gift meaningful is that it cascades to others. My, my family knows that I like to cook, and so they have gotten into the habit of giving me things that I know some of you men also have that same, you know, desire and like to do that. So they've given me things that they know I'm going to cook with, but they also benefit from. Right? Yeah, it's like, Dad, you need this, because if you, if you get this, then we get this. Right? Because if I just bring you my cast iron frying, frying pan, he's like, well, okay. But now if I have to make something in that cast iron frying pan, you're like, oh, see, that's what we were going for. We were giving you the gift for what came out of the other side of it. And I've kind of got my Father's Day present early, and it's been the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, hey? No, 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 far better. And uh, my, my wife and daughters bought me a, a smoker. And I, I don't think there's been a day that's not been smoke rising out of our backyard. You know, the neighbors are wondering. I'm starting to look at all of these trees around me and saying, well, how do I chop these down? Um, I'm not sure they're going to taste real good, but we're going to try. See, but a gift needs to cascade to others. It needs to be something that not only blesses you, because we all like to be blessed personally, but a gift that's meaningful says, you know what, it's not just about me. I want something to flow out of this as well. I want it to be able to be something that is passed on, something that you can also benefit from. You know? And I think that blesses the, the, the gift receiver as well, as saying, you know what, I like gifts, but I also want to bless others. I want it to be something that will flow through. Today, as we look at the Holy Spirit as gift giver, now, full disclosure, if you're not sure what kind of church you came into this morning, for those of you who are visiting, we're a Pentecostal church. And what does that mean? Um, is that means that our roots are in the Protestant movement, and... Um, Going back when Martin Luther nailed the, oh, I can't remember how many uh, edicts to the door of the church, our roots are back there. And uh, so we're evangelical. We believe in telling others about Jesus. And we're Pentecostal. And in other words, we believe that everything that God has for us in Scripture is for today as well. It didn't just end. So that's my, you know, if our denominational leaders were here, they said, well, keep going. You're like, but I'm just going to stop right there because we could just keep going and telling you what Pentecost Assemblies of Canada is. But we are Pentecostal. We believe in the moving of the Spirit. We believe that the Holy Spirit is alive and, and active and not just to be put on a shelf somewhere. But when we look at the gifts of the Spirit, because Holy Spirit has given us gifts. Now, I know, and, and I've, I've been there Sometimes we read about these things and it's like, I don't get it and I don't understand it. And that is okay. My hope today is to help you to, to understand it a little bit more. And to remove some of the mystery uh, from some of the gifts that maybe you have seen or heard. Because let's be honest, the, the first time that you see some gifts, it can be a little bit like, what's going on here? Uh, so my hope is to help you to understand so that we can all mature together. There's not one of us that has got to the place of full maturity where it's like, I'm good. 
Pastor Tim comes close, but that's about it. You know, we, we have to get to the place where we are continually growing and we're understanding what Holy Spirit is and what Holy Spirit wants to do. And as we do that, the only way to get there is to understand Scripture, is to look at, at what God says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and verses 1 to 11 is where we will be today. And at the very first things, it says now about gifts of the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. That phrase, gifts, or, it doesn't really appear anywhere in the original language of the text. So when you see that, that phrase, gifts of the Spirit, in the original languages, that is not there. You're like, oh, okay, well, we're starting off differently today. It it's, was not put in there because it was translated. Uh, in fact, in your English Bible, it may even have the word gifts in italics. And what Paul is really saying about spirituals. He's saying, now about spirituals, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. What does that mean? About things that the Spirit does or activities of the Spirit. The moment that we think of it as a gift, sometimes we can get confused. But it's about spiritual things. It's about the things that the Spirit does. And when we allow Holy Spirit to move in us and through us, we have to make sure that we're not just closing that off and capturing that thing that's just for me. If Holy Spirit gives you a gift, it is not just for you. In fact, it's for the body of Christ. It's so that we use those gifts. Uh, because remember, a gift to be valued needs to be cascading. It needs to be passed on. The reason Paul says it this way is to help us avoid that these gifts of the Spirit are somehow like a Christian superpower. It's less about possessing the gift and more about being ready to be used by the Spirit in community. And this is the activity of the, of the Spirit. It says, now about gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Some versions actually put ignorant. And like, oh, how dare I get called ignorant? It just means you don't know. That you're not knowledgeable about it. Why? Because it's, it, it is beneficial. Paul acknowledges that the world that they live in, it, it's been confused a little bit. In, in verse 2, it says, You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. What Paul is saying is that there's a lot of spiritual powers and people in touch with spiritual powers that are real and can influence you. But we are in the community where you can know when the genuine life-giving power is at work. Because when the Spirit is at work, clearly Jesus is at the center of it all. Everything will lead us to edifying to Jesus and who he is. 
We live in a world that sometimes doesn't understand spiritual powers around us. We, we know that there's a spiritual activity, there's Holy Spirit for sure. But did you know that there's also not Holy Spirit, there's other spiritual forces in our world today? And we need to understand that and be aware of that. So that when we come against or when we observe spiritual activity, we're like, oh, this is not of God. And we, we take our position in Christ and understand the, what the Spirit is from. He goes on in verse 4, he says, there are different kinds of spirits, or sorry, gifts, And in verse 4, he actually uses the word charisma, meaning divine grace or empowerment. But the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. Now, Paul doesn't, does this often when he's writing about the spiritual gifts or gifts of the spirit. He notices that he stresses unity from reminding us that it comes from the same spirit or the spirit of God at the same time as the diversity. It's not all the same gifts. By emphasizing the fact that we have different kinds of gifts or service or, or work, and they're all from God. They're all different. We don't all have the same gift. You're not all preaching this morning. You, you can take, you can try whether we would sit would be another thing, but you can try it home first. Try it with your, with your family and see how that goes. Yeah, okay. Paul starts out by stressing the unity of the body, that it provides the foundation and the diversity of the body. Without this, you know, see, groups can become polarized. When we don't understand that these gifts are not to separate, we've done that in church world, haven't we? We said, well, this is a really, and we get labeled this as Pentecostals, well, this is a charismatic church. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. But we also believe that we are part of the body of Christ. We're not, it's not like God is saying, well, you're over here, and, and you're over there, and you're over there. No, it's part of the body of Christ. So when we understand that, it's, it's, it's not about division, it's about understanding. It's about understanding that these gifts need to be part of the whole body and not polarized. Paul says that we can learn anything about our diversity. Before we can learn anything about it, we need to focus on our unity. It's what drives us together. What drives us together here at LGF is what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for your sin and my sin. Bottom line. It's about our Savior. But we know that our, our Lord and Savior didn't just leave us there. In fact, he told us in Scripture that he would give us his Holy Spirit, that we would do greater things, that, that he would empower us to live. He told them in the upper room in Acts to stay there until the Holy Spirit came. So we need to understand that God's Spirit is here today, and we didn't just stop. We recognize that we need Holy Spirit. So, so please, when, when somebody would like to segregate the body and say, well, that's just the charismatics. Charismaniacs, as I used to call them, but 
you know, let's, let's not just put categories and boxes and we're part of the body of Christ. We may experience life differently. We may worship differently. Even this morning, if you could look around, you'd see, well, some are like way up here. Some are like just down here. Others are just hands in the pockets as they're worshiping the Lord. Some are looking around. Others have got their eyes closed. It's, we're all different, right? And we, we value diversity. Nobody's telling you, okay, at this song, it, you know, at this verse, your hand goes up to here. You know, and by the time you get to the last one, let's put a roy up and start waving it. Nobody tells you that. Because we value diversity. But I tell you this, that God is not divided. He just invites us to worship him as we are and who we are. So when we come to the things of the Spirit, let's understand that it is not division, it is unity that, God's, that God wants from us. And it may look different for every one of us, and that's okay. Nobody says it all has to be the same. He says now in verse 7, now to each one, every Christian receives spiritual gifts. The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Common good means to edify, to build up, to liberate others for the good of the community. So the spiritual gift is the ability that comes to you freely. It's a gift. It's for pur the purpose is for ministering to the needs for the common good. You see, there are needs here today, and there's needs anytime the body of Christ meets that I believe sometimes go unmet. Because we don't do what we're called to do. Because we're not using our gifts. Because God has gifted each one of you. You're saying, oh, I don't know if I want that gift. But God has gifted each one of you. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. It doesn't even matter how long you've been in church. He's gifted you. And you have a responsibility to do something with that gift that he's given you. We can sit on it, or we can say, God, no, this gift you gave me isn't just for me. It's to be used collectively and in the body. In verse 8, he says, For one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to other to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes to them to each one just as he determines. If you're saying, I'd like to know more about this gift list, Come to the Bible study on Wednesday or attend it on Zoom. We're going to go through this a little bit more in detail, or our teacher will. He distributes them just as he determines. The bottom line is that every Christian in, is in ministry. Did you know that today? You're in ministry. Saying, Pastor, that's why we have you. No, we're all in this together. We're all in ministry. No one is merely a consumer of services. Everyone is a distributor. You all have a part to play. You all have something to contribute to the life of this assembly. 
You say, but mine is kind of quiet. That's okay. There's room for those. Now, there were a few other gift, or lists of gifts in, of the Spirit in the Bible. And we'll look at those a little bit further. In Scripture, there's probably three to four lists of gifts. And they differ greatly from the fruit of the Spirit. That is all the fruit is available to every believer. The gifts of the Spirit are given to every Christian as the Spirit determines. You see, the gifts of the Spirit is as the Spirit determines. It's not like, well, I, ha I want this one. No, no, no. You, you see, as you are open to the Holy Spirit moving, you say, Holy Spirit, will you use me as you want to use me? And at that moment in time, it may be you praying for someone and them, to, and them getting healed. At that moment of time, it may be you using a vocal gift. At that moment of time, it may be just God has given you some wisdom you need to share. But you are not the owner of it. Holy Spirit gives those. And he, and he can give you a different gift at different times. Because he, he wants the body to be ministered to. One author, author described the gifts as being into three categories. Prophetic gifts, priestly gifts, and kingly gifts. Prophetic gifts are the talking gifts. They would be abilities based on understanding and, and articulating truth. They would be gifts like these. Exhortation, teaching, prophecy, pastoring, evangelism, discernment, knowledge, missionary slash apostle, tongues and interpretation of tongues. The priestly gifts, if I feel like I'm running over this, you can ask for my notes. I'm happy to give this to you. The priestly gifts are the serving gifts. These are abilities based on understanding and supplying the basic needs such as giving, service, helps, mercy, hospitality, healing, miracles. And the kingly gifts, serving gifts, these are based on understanding of direction and group needs, such as leadership, administration, wisdom, and faith. Can you imagine if we found ourselves out of a balance as a community of believers? And we were all in the talking gifts? Oh my goodness. And none of us were in the leading gifts, right? We could talk for everybody. Ain't nobody giving direction. Ay, ay, ay. It ought to be a little bit scary. Or all of the leading gifts, everybody wants to be the leader, but nobody wants to be the server. That'd be dangerous, wouldn't it? We'd be all here giving directions and nobody would be moving an inch. That's just not really going to work. You know, we need every gift. Every gift is needed. I just thought of this. One thing that we can think of is if I gave you just a car steering wheel, and I told you, there you go, you got a car. You're looking like, not really a car. But that's one gift of the car. It's like, so you got it all. You see, we need every piece of the car. Every piece of the car is important. We need all of them together. We need every part, every gift operating in the life of the church to do and to become exactly what God has called us to do and to become. 
The moment that we elevate some gifts and minimize others, we are not really functioning healthy. There's ways in which we should understand these gifts. First, we need to recognize how considerate the gift giver is. The Holy Spirit distributes these gifts in line with how we're wired, with our personality and abilities. How do you discover what your spiritual gifts are? Ask yourself some questions. What, do, what needs do I resonate to? Don't start with yourself. Ask yourself, what am I drawn to? What burdens you? Look at the concrete needs in our city and in our church and what reverberates within you. So what do you have affinity with? What do you have ability for? What are my gifts and abilities? What am I good at? What do people say I'm effective at? Third thing is opportunity. What doors of, of service are open? Where, where can I be needed? What needs to be done? We need to recognize how appropriate the gift giver is. The Holy Spirit is wanting to use people who are open at the appropriate time. Gifts are given with an express, express purpose in mind. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 12. Gifts are given for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of their ministry, for edifying the body of Christ. See, that's what Paul says is supposed to be happening. You see, sometimes we're sitting in church with people who are dislocated. Spiritually, they're out of alignment with God or with, with the community as a whole. Physically, they're in pain. Emotionally, they're disconnected. We are all out of alignment or dislocated, and what does God want is every part of the body to get back in alignment for the work of the ministry. Every part of the body has a function. And every function is needed. Think about the last time you stubbed your toe. For me, that was this week walking upstairs. Just being honest with you. I'm like, oh, that hurt. Probably one of the smallest parts on my body. But boy, it hurt. We need every part. Sometimes don't diminish the gift that the Holy Spirit has given you. Don't say, well, no, it's just a small part. Every part is important. Every function is needed. It's, it's not about one is bigger than the other. It's not about one is better than the other. Everyone is needed. Every single one. And when your gift that you've been given is kind of just sitting there being held to yourself and not being used for the body, there is something that the body is missing. The gifts of the Spirit are abilities given to liberate people, to minister to people, and to give ourselves to people. 
If it's about others, if it's about ministry, if it's about serving others, which that's why they've been given. The gifts of the Spirit are not given so that we can be puffed up and say, well, do you know who I am? Did you know what I did last week? Well, you should see, I prayed for this person and they were healed, or I touched this person and they were up walking and jumping. It's, about, it's not about you. It's about others. It's always about others. It's always about how the body is getting ministered to. Recognize how beneficial the gifts are to others. Recognize that the gifts are more like a gift card. You have unlimited gift cards and you're handing them out. Here you go. Here you go. I want to use my gifts. I want to use what God has given me. They're more of like a gift card than they are a keepsake. How many of you got a gift card that's unused? Yeah? If they're for dinner, I'm available. You know, we don't just sit on them for years, or maybe you do. Maybe you're still stacking them up. You ever go on and check if they expire? You might want to. You know, it's not like a keepsake. You don't put a gift card on the shelf and say, this is my gift card. No, it's probably stuck in your wallet. It's probably in your cup holder somewhere. But it's to be used. Gifts are, gifts are meant to be spent on others. So when we serve, we serve others for their sake and not for ours. When prophecy is given, we are focusing on edifying others and not being noticed. And I want you to know should spiritual gifts, the vocal gifts we're operating in this church, they're given for three reasons. If you hear somebody speak in this church, it's for exhortation, edification, and for comfort. It's never to beat up, to damn, to condemn. Uh, if that is happening, I want you to know as your pastor, I'll be having some conversations with that individual. Because I will pastor the gifts. And I know we've all been someplace where the gifts have been misused. But I want you to know that I'm going to pastor in you in these gifts. So if God is calling you to use these gifts, we're going to pastor you. We're going to walk with you alongside of these things. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 22 to 23, it says, I can see it now. At the final judgment, thousands will be shutting, shutting up to me saying, Master, we preached the message. We bashed the demons. Our God-sponsored projects have everyone talking. And you know what I'm going to say? You missed the boat. All you did was use me to make yourselves important. You don't impress me one bit. You're out of here. Ooh, I like the way the message puts this. I cringe sometimes when the gifts are used to build somebody up to say, oh, they're so good. If, if Holy Spirit is using you in a gift, it's not about you. It is not about you. It's not for you to draw attention for yourself. It's not for you to go and make a poster for yourself and to say, here I am, I'm in town. No, it's not about you to do that because it's not about you at all. It's about Holy Spirit, and it's about ministering to others. We have, other, we have people that run around our world that are just using God to make a name for themselves. Now, if God gives you a name, that's different. 
There are some that God has used, and, and definitely, but they don't have to go and advertise. They're not saying, you know, I'm the only one that can pray for you for healing. No. No. I think I was in, in faith maybe a month. Didn't even know about this stuff. And somebody said, would you pray for me? It's like, okay, I'll pray. I didn't even know what to pray or how to pray. I said, God, you touch this back. Would you heal this back? That was probably the extent of the prayer. And I was like 15, 16. And God did. I didn't go around saying, who's next? You know, I just get going. It isn't about me. It isn't about me. It was about what God was doing through and what God can do through your life. You see, the caution that Jesus is describing is that you could look at your effectiveness as evidence that God is with you. The development of the fruit allows us to let the gifts of the Spirit to benefit others and not ourselves. One of the key indicators of whether or not the fruit or the gifts come first is how people respond when they're corrected when they use the gifts. Ooh. I've had to correct some people in 30 years of ministry. I, re I remember one time a, a lady brought something to me and a, she wanted to share this to the church and I'm, I said, no, I don't think so. This was back when I was a really old senior pastor. I was 26 years old as a senior pastor. I mean, my goodness. Uh, and she, she brought this to me, and it's like I'm reading it over, and it just didn't sit right within me. I said, no, you're not going to be sharing this. She got all mad, and it was the last time we saw her family in church. And it kind of hurt in a church of 25 people when you have six leaves. You know, but it's like, this, is, this isn't what God would want. This is not building up the church. It was a very damning word that she wanted to share. I'm like, this isn't going to happen. Because it has to line up with the word of God. There has to be some humility when we're corrected. You see, the danger of the gifts is that they actually mask Our lack of spirituality. Because God doesn't say you have to get to a certain level of spirituality before I use you. And if we don't keep ourselves humble when the Holy Spirit wants to use us, we're going to make a real mess. Anybody been around a real mess? Oh, don't put your hands up. Because Holy Spirit doesn't come, and, come to us and say, uh, you know, you, you need to be a believer in Christ for decades before you can use these gifts. No, he doesn't. He gives these gifts just as he determines. As he determines. If it was up to us, we'd say, you know, why don't you come to church for four months and just, you know, sit and enjoy? Why don't you grow up in faith? Why don't we run you through a discipleship class? Why don't you do these things? And then we will let you be used. Holy Spirit doesn't do that. He gives them just as he determines. Why? Because Holy Spirit knows if there's a need and there's somebody there who knows the Lord and, and Savior, he will use them to meet that need. It has no consideration of how long you've been in faith. It's your availability. So they can mask sometimes our spiritual maturity. 
say this as we close and we get, prepare our hearts for communion. Maybe the worship team could come again. If you didn't get elements, they're back on the table there. Please do go ahead and get some. You see, no one has all the gifts. No one has all the gifts. We need grace. We need grace to help us to allow others to lead in areas, to lead in service. We need grace to say, God, would you move and, and would you have your way as I use these gifts? I want you to hear my heart. When we use these gifts, will mistakes happen? Yes, they will happen. If I have to talk to you, I'm going to do it in a correcting and loving way. I'm not coming to beat you up and to say, you messed up. No, I, we don't know until we begin to walk, do we? But listen, we're going to begin to at least walk. So if God is using you and wanting to use you in the gifts of the Spirit, I'm going to walk with you. I'm not here to correct you, to slam you, and to say, you keep quiet. No, no, no. I'm going to lead you to Scripture and say, well, what does Scripture say? But I want you to be taught. I want you to mature. I want you to understand the things of God. Because we need we need the gifts of the Spirit in operation in this church. All of them. Not just the ones we think we see, and not just the ones we sometimes see. We need every single one of them. We need God to move. If we're going to minister to our community, we need Holy Spirit's help. This week I was heartbroken. Many of you heard of it. Bodies of 215 kids. I'm thinking, how do we even minister to the community? Our nation is suffering at this time. How do we minister? I was heartbroken. I began to think about some of the kids that I knew that we, we obviously grew up in Prince Albert. We had a residential school right in the middle of the city. And I interacted often with the kids from the residential school. We played hockey against them. And I often thought to myself, why, why do they just seem like they were angry? You know, we don't have a clue some of the things that people go through. We didn't have a clue some of the horrors that people live through. And I wish I would have known more so that we could go and minister. Even when we pastored up in Hay River, there was a, a gentleman that just recently passed away. I know that Pastor Sam more than likely did the funeral. This individual was 60-ish. At least I think that's how old he was. And he was... There were horrible things that were done to him in a residential school. Under the name of Christ. And I remember ministering to this guy many, many times, but he just couldn't 
he couldn't get over the hurt, the things that were done to him. And I'm like, Jesus, we need, we need the gifts of the Spirit to minister to individuals that have been hurt. Because in our own strength, we have nothing. In our own ability, we really have nothing. We're bankrupt. And our, only, our own gifts will only take us so far, but we need Holy Spirit to move through us so that when we go and we pray with someone, so we go and to say, you know what, I'm here for you. Church, it's time that we be the church and begin to listen. I, I grieve even at this time with what has been done to our First Nations brothers and sisters. And I grieve also what has been done to those who live a different lifestyle than you and I would agree with. And maybe you've gotten mad and as opposed to saying, you know what, I need to be Jesus. What would Jesus do? What did Jesus do when he found you in your sin? He just loved you, didn't he? Yeah, it's Pride Month. What will you do? How will you minister? On your own, you don't have that ability. We need Holy Spirit to move through us. There are hurting people. There are hurting people, and we need to be Jesus. And the only way we can do that, the only way we get there, is by understanding what Jesus has done. That he died on a cross for your sin, my sin, for, for everyone's sin. And when we receive that, when we acknowledge that, oh, there's new life that comes. Holy Spirit can move. But see, if we're so caught up in our own little world, in our own little realm, we don't have anything to offer. We don't have a way to minister to the hurts. There was a time when even I didn't want to tell people that I was, you know, have some Métis heritage. I'm, I'm proud of that. Why? Because that's who, that's who I am. And we need to be able to be the church that ministers to those around us. You won't do it on your own. You can offer words, you can listen, but Holy Spirit can only do the deep work that he can do. We need a healing in our land. We need a healing. We need an acknowledgement that Jesus came and died for our sins that he paid the price for us with his blood, that he reminded us that we're a part of one body. If you have your emblems this morning, you see, when they were sitting at that table, 
Jesus didn't say, what is your background? Are you a fisherman? Are you a tax collector? Where were you born? He didn't say any of those things. He simply looked at them and said, you know what? This is my body, which is for you. And he didn't specify who the you was. For all of them. For all of us. We're part of one body. He said, this is my body, which is for you. And when you take it, remember that I have offered my, my life for your sin. Because there's not one person on this globe that doesn't need a Savior. David said, this is my body for you. Would you take it and eat it in remembrance of me? I want you to know that you're part of a bigger covenant. By the shedding of his blood, he paid the price for our sins once and for all. He said, you know what? My, my blood covers every sin. Not just the ones we find acceptable in the church. Even those that make you cringe. God sins. I wish we responded better to the needs around us. I really do. We get so hung up. Jesus, he got nailed up to a cross for our sin. So that we could be forgiven and set free. Let's partake of the juice together. Church, if we're going to be the church that God has called us to be, we need Holy Spirit's help to do that. We need Holy Spirit's help to do that, to minister. Because the gifts of the Spirit, they're not just for us. They're not just for us. They're to minister. They're for others. God forgive us for thinking they're just for us and inside these walls. They're so that we could touch this world. They weren't our gifts so that we could just play around with them. They were our gifts so that we could go and minister to a hurting world. And our world is hurting right now. Could we do something this week? Could we forget about ourselves and just begin to listen? And as we hear stories, let's begin to pray.
you know, when I think about some of these lives that were horribly impacted by residential school, I'm like, Christ, where's the church? Where's been the church? As we move forward, oh, let's move forward differently. Let's move forward and saying, God, you, you called us to something different. Something that is life-giving. Something that, that isn't condemning. We don't need to condemn people of their sin. They're condemned already in their sin. We need to give life. We need to bring hope. here this morning, you have a need. I'm going to put a mask on. I'm going to pray for you down here. Those who are watching our live stream, God bless you. We're going to disconnect from you. I want to give those who are coming for prayer some space to be prayed for. But if you have a need this morning, wouldn't you come and meet me up here today? 